Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God. Edition of dropping in, Omar Echeverry and myself, Cyrus Soxes. We don't have a new guest today, but dude, you and I, O Dog, we, we did we've been doing this radio thing and podcasting now for so many years, man. Like we started back in two thousand fucking three. That's a long ass time ago, dude. Crazy, isn't it insane? Think it of is. like what we've done, <laughs> like uh, some that we some things we like to mention, some we don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> interviews we've done as pretty rad it's been yeah a, a, yeah a fun journey and it, and it continues yeah and, and the reason why i bring it up is because we, we've done so many crazy interviews over the years and a lot of them are just gone like they're not you can't find them anywhere so so sometimes we'll republish these older ones and one thing you and i did so like from 2003 to 2012 we hosted a radio show called the extreme scene it started on knbr and we were like syndicated for a while and, and, um, and then that ended like in 2012. And then a year later we relaunched our show. It was just you and me this time as waxed. Right. And that was on a radio station in San Diego called ESPN 1700. It was like this ESPN affiliate. And, um, it was just like a surf talk show. We do like Saturday mornings. And, um, and one of the guests we had was Pat O'Connell. And the reason why I thought of him is because I I've been messaging back and forth with, the Bruce Brown Instagram account. Bruce Brown made the Endless Summer one and two movies. And I don't know who runs this thing, but like they asked me for the pod, for the link. So I sent them like, you know, the audio files and I told them they could use it if they want for any, you know, production they do. Yeah. And, it, and I started thinking about Pat. I'm like, dude, that was a great fucking interview. And that wasn't that long ago. And um, when, how long ago? That was maybe five years ago. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, about that. That's rad. That's rad. And what know. a legend, too. And, and he's still in the game. I, I think it's super cool how, uh, you know, a lot of these guys bailed and then a lot of them, you know, really stuck in the game, whether it's through WSL, in the industry. And Pat kind of floated all over the place. So I think it's mm-hmm. dude, a perfect time. And now, you know, you, you talk about what's going on with WSL and COVID and all that fun stuff. I, I surfed with Peter Mao two days ago and him uh-huh. and I t- talk super in depth about everything. And, you know, Pat is one of the guys WSL has kept because, you know, they had obviously had to, you know, put people on furlough and, mm-hmm. and redo contracts because there's no events. <laughs> there's like nothing to do, you know, and, um, and Pat's one of the guys that's, uh, you know, still, still trucking along and, and still, still got sweat in the game. He's such a rad guy. Well, and, and it, it doesn't hurt that he, a, he's buddies with Kelly Slater, who's like the unofficial commissioner of the WSL, right? Um, and, but dude, he's such a, uh, I mean, it's hard to just put in words like his, his value and role in surfing, but like his, his part in that movie. And you know what, you know what happened, man? There was, a, there was a clip that that Bruce Brown Instagram account posted and it was like a behind the scenes from like an Endless Summer 2. And I, and I posted a reply. And I said, I don't know if I should love you guys or hate you guys because this movie is why I started surfing. I was 17 years old when I finally started, and which is yeah. late for, for most surfers. So that's why I'm never going to be as good as like you shortboarders are. But, um, <laughs> but you know, but I, you know I, I left this message. I was like, you know, I don't know if I should love you or hate you for this because it was because of this movie I started surfing. And because of surfing, I've gone, I, so many of the decisions I've made in life, all the interesting paths I've gone down, 
is because of my pursuit for waves, you know, it's my love for the sport and not all the decisions were good. You know, like I've literally ruined relationships because of it, you know, have passed up careers because of it. Yes. Um, you know, we've all, and we've all done that. Like anyone who's a, really a true surfer, like we've all done that. We've made, we've literally made decisions based on this sport or this lifestyle or whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And just have thrown logic into the wind, you know, in terms of like what might be a pragmatic common sense decision to make in life. We're like, no, nah, right. I'm going to, I want to go surf <laughs> and <laughs> I want to be near the waves, you know, I want to, you know, so anyway, so I left this comment and they loved it. And we started, they DM me and we were going back and forth for a little bit. And then Dana Brown, who is Bruce's son. And we interviewed him years ago when he, his documentary dust of glory came out. That was the, the movie about, um, uh, the, the Baja 1000 race down in, in Baja, California. And so Dana's might come on the show. I, I, I said, I'm like, well, you know, I still think about that interview fondly. Like, I don't know if you remember O-Dog, like we introduced that movie in San Francisco. Yes. Um, and uh, to like the, 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 the screening, I forgot what the theater was. And so I asked for Dana and, and they said it's a possibility. So we might get Dana Brown on the show soon. Nice um yeah dude so but anyway so pat o'connell well, i'm gonna edit this thing and then we'll you'll hear this in just a second but it was a great interview and, and so so basically like we've had both wingnut and pat o'connell now on this show which is really cool right um, and, and and greg Knoll, which worked on the film i mean we've had so many people that were involved in this film too i mean i i think it's pretty pretty darn cool when you look back at all the people we interviewed and then how monumental that film was Mm -hmm. to surfing it's pre pretty amazing um and and you know i don't know if you guys have uh, watched the new search video have you watched it yet cyrus it's I, I don't even know what that, what that means like what, oh what is my the gosh news? yeah so rip rip curl makes search videos of course and um the, the they actually did a parody of in the summer in the beginning and it's become like a viral hit it's hilarious dude it's so funny it's like it's like mick fanning um owen wright and uh and um, one of the hot um, up-and-comers, Morgan, um, doing the whole, like, walking down a desert. It's so funny. Really? Dude. Yes, it's hilarious. So, is, yes. so Rip Curl, <laughs> so, the, so the Rip Curl search format, which used to be, like, every year they pick a different location for a WSL event. Now they're using that same slogan marketing thing for, like, little clips. So they, they, they've, the, it actually, it started as videos and then uh -huh. it turned into competitions. Um, oh, and okay. now it's spawned like viral video clips, um, which is cool. So they'll do like short videos of spots that they're gone, you know, and weird areas and just the, the fun of surfing. It's, it's really cool. How do you um, see that? Like, what, like, is it on Instagram or um, is it's it a all, website? It's all over the, yeah, it's all over Surfline and the uh, WSL app. So you can, you can look at it there. Um, and it's all over YouTube. It's, it's interesting. hilarious. Yeah. You can, I think it's called Morgan's search or something. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you so, definitely got to watch it. It's good stuff. And they, and they do like little like cheesy reenactments similar to what they were doing in the movie where they. Yes. In the summer. It's so funny, dude. That's, which, that which, funny. And which I thought about, I'm like, you know, what? in the summer was kind of the first search movie in a sense. You know, and, and it was. It, uh, yeah, and it, and it's, it still is the fundamentals of being a surfer. It's like they all, you say, you know, it's part of the search, you know, it's part of looking for the good waves, you know, and, and people who don't surf, you know, this, they trip out on it. Like I, 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 I have friend, <laughs> like, you know, oh, you're going to go surf. And I'm like, yeah, it takes this long. And they're like, oh, I'm going to go work out. It takes 45 minutes. But you know, you're, cause you're going to look for the, the waves. Yeah. <laughs> Tide might be too high. You're going to go to another spot. Um, but which if you, you know, once you have the love for surfing, you start to enjoy kind of the, the shitty part of it. <laughs> Looking for waves, right? Yeah. Um, 
Um, which, you know, or swells coming or the flat spell that we've dealt in California for two and a half months, dude. It is crazy. It's been a long so time. Early. There yes, was, a little, there was a little swell earlier this week, like a little south came, but the tide yep. was low. And so like, it just wasn't And it, I fucking hate beach breaks, but that's all I have here I except know. for one spot. Um, so it was like, it was just mostly closing out. I was like taking these drops or fucking, dude, I'm like, I guess it, I guess it helps in the sense that it lets you experiment and try new things. Like I was literally, tr I literally tried to do a drop where my board was almost fucking perpendicular to earth, you know, the ground. Yes. And I just wanted to try to stick it, but I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't fucking hold on to it. I was like, literally my body was facing <laughs> down, you know, and I was trying to hold on to the board with the rail and yeah. this fucking big drop. And it was like the set wave of the day. It was almost like overhead, but I Classic. ate such shit. <laughs> um yeah and you still fucking, had fun and you, you, and you felt fun. better yeah and you you came in and you felt good right that's but, but, but this is the crazy thing about us being in california you know we're in one of the most desirable places in the world but we're starting climate change is so fucking real i i literally want to slap any person who sits there and still denies it or doesn't think we're fucking causing it directly it's insane at this point if you're one of these yeah. backwards morons saying that but yeah so you were dealing with these crazy wildfires. So you and I, I mean, you're in Santa Cruz. I'm here in San Luis Obispo, San Luis Obispo. Uh, and, and our sky is orange. Is it, is it, has your world been red for the last few days or like orange or like apocalyptic? Dude, it's nuts. Santa Cruz got, got it the worst because I'm not the worst, but I heard Bay Area was one of the worst affected areas mm -hmm. for the um, light, basically light and, and bad air quality because we're surrounded by them. Like there is a fire at every corner of the Bay Area creating this gnarly situation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's, dude, it's sad. You know, the worst part about it, it's like, I'd say in your day-to-day -day life, it's so depressing. Like it, I hate to be dark, you know, on our show, but dude, it's all right. You wake up in the morning and, and it's smoky. Air quality is high, moderate to bad. Yeah. You know? And, and it, it feels like it's five o'clock all day long <laughs> like the shittiest time of the day like you know like dusk like you're like awesome peak of the day is dusk uh -huh. yeah. so yeah I, yeah it's such a bummer dude I, I i i feel similar hopefully you know people are making the right moves the big people i hopefully someday to to help our environment and and yeah the stuff it's for real it's in our face <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of beating us up at the moment between fires covid and and uh storms right <laughs> we're kind of getting yeah the whole, the whole world's getting just punched in the gut by and the environment mother earth whatever you want to say so yeah well well the fires are affecting the uh, the western part of the united states more than anywhere else especially us here yeah i mean dude it's been definitely I mean, it's, we've been living in this fucking orange world for a few days now so this is so here's the craziness for me for me is that i don't know if you experienced some something similar but we had this insane heat wave that kind of was the catalyst for a lot of this, these, this new round of fires, right? And this was like last yeah. Friday through Monday, I think, or last Saturday through Monday, there was a fucking gnarly heat wave. Like LA had 120 degree fucking highs. Wow. And the whole state was like insanely hot. So, wow. and, and a lot of us here in the coastal areas like don't have air conditioning because until recently you never needed it because it was always stay nice and cool here. Right. And so I, so I had to have like my windows open and I'm like fat fans running and shit. And so... The heat wave ended, I think, like Monday night, but it wasn't cool enough yet, so all my windows were open, and the fires started at that point. I wake up Tuesday morning to go surf, and I'm like looking, I come downstairs, and there's white shit all over my living room, and I'm like, what the, what is all this shit? What, what, what? Like, I didn't even know what was going on. It was just kind of, I was like half awake, and I'm thrown off. I'm like, what is all this white stuff? And I realized it was fucking ash. Like, all this ash was coming right over Central California. I don't know if you experienced this as well there. Oh, yeah. And, 
Dude, so like my entire inside of my house was covered in fucking smoke, like ash from Crazy. forest fires. Yeah. And so I'm like fucking vacuuming. Like you just blow on it. It goes away. It's really weird. But so, yeah. so but then I stupidly decided to still go surf because I was all fucking in that mode, you know? And it's one of the right. few things that's kind of maintaining my sanity through all this shit. And, um, <laughs> and uh, it is, man. I, I think it like increases yeah. dopamine levels or something. But something. So I go out there, but I didn't really think about the fact that the ash is still raining down. Every breath you take is fucking, you're inhaling this ash. And so for, I surf for three hours and not only the whole time I'm like inhaling this ash, but I'm also fucking all the ash is settling in the ocean and the ocean's like brown. You can always see it right where the, the shore break is. You can see the muck. Right. And it's going in my sinus, like that wipeout I just mentioned a moment ago, like, dude, my water is going all of my sinuses and stuff. So dude, like my tonsils got, I have like a tonsil infection from fucking uh, or not- something. I had one, just one tonsil just suddenly was hurting for like three days. Still not hundred percent. And uh, you know, it's crazy, dude. I felt like fucking shit. I haven't gone out since. I'm going to go out tomorrow. Have you been surfing during all this? I have. Yeah. I, I surfed. Um, gosh, I surfed. I can't remember. Monday, Tuesday, I, I believe. Um, okay. and, and, oh, and Wednesday. Um, <laughs> nice. and, yeah, and <laughs> I mean, it, 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 Wednesday was so gnarly. You could barely see in the ocean. Like it was so dark up here. Like it was really dark. I couldn't see waves coming. Because uh, the it was so dark, it, it all like streetlights were on all day long. Like that it is was really weird. Oh, weird. Um, it, yeah, and it's just sad too. You you see it affecting the ocean, and oh man, it's just. I just really, really hope we can all get through this. Um, I hope so too. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> evacuation orders everywhere, and and I want you. I want to like. So I don't know if you've been dealing with this. Like, for some reason, I'll be surfing, and some every once in a while, and it's always fucking young people doing this shit you'll see, see people just cruising right up to you and not respecting your space and just yeah. acting like we're not in a fucking pandemic. And I'm starting to happen to like bark at people like, dude, social distance, asshole. Like just because we're yeah. fucking surfing doesn't mean we're immune to it out here. Right. And I mean, dude, like you're at a much more sketchier spot because of point break, like the waves breaking at a very specific spot, at least if you're at a beach break and kind of like move around, you know, yeah, sandbars. Yes. So like in your case, like, are you dealing with that? Like, I'm getting fucking annoyed, dude. Like, like why do people think it's okay to just fucking cruise right up I, to the next person? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I, I was talking uh, to a friend about this, and I'm like, gosh, maybe we should launch, like, a fake COVID scare. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey, I heard it's transmitted, you know, in the lineup. Because, <laughs> you know? dude, the, the lineup's so crowded with idiots right now that it's, ir- it's irritating. I totally it is. I, Totally. And it's, it's a, it's, I mean, it's, ah, man, it's, it's, it's cool that people are embracing the sport. Just like you said, it's like a love hate thing for true surfers. Um, But you know, and the fact that every wetsuit company is sold out, surfboard company is sold out. It's pretty, you know, I was talking to Pete Mel about that too. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, that, that, that the industry is doing well in that, in that way, you know? Yeah. They, they clearly are, dude. Like everything related to surfing is sold out. Everything. It's amazing. I bought a wetsuit, like a new wetsuit, right when the pandemic started, just because I, I was wondering about that. I'm like, are things going to get cleaned out? Like, I bought a new wetsuit. I bought fucking, yeah, like, I Costco had an emergency shipment of wave storms, bought two of those. <laughs> you know? Good. Yeah, they're, I out fucking, I'm, they're out of everything. It's crazy. Yeah, dude, I bought, I ordered, uh, the, yeah, I ordered, like, a nicer surfboard and had it delivered. It was, like, a, nice. and that, that shaper was selling out. It's crazy. Yeah, the demand is sky high, but, like, dude, I, I know yeah. it's, like, crowded out in the lineups. Like, what is it like oh, in Santa so Cruz where there's point it's breaks? So like, it's so crowded. It's packed. It's Fuck. so crowded, dude. It's gnarly. 
um, yeah, it's, <laughs> and I mean, Santa Cruz is now the COVID destination, you know, cause oh my God. nothing to do for anyone, but in Santa Cruz, you can still come to the beach, go in the water, you know, go to an outdoor restaurant, get hammered. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> like, and everything gets shut and reopened every week. You know, it's fucking, oh my Lord. It's a lot. <laughs> oh my God. But you're saying, so is it a, a lot of people are coming from the Bay area basically and like fucking spending their, yeah. There's nothing to oh, do no. anywhere. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I, I know, mean, dude. Every that, this where, is closed. It's that, I, to me, that's, I, I mean, look, if you're a surfboard shaper or if you're a manufacturer of some kind, congratulations, you're scoring. But for everyone right. else involved in surfing, I don't think this is a win, dude, because all this is going to do is, dr this is drastically increasing the population of surfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, you, you, know, you know, it's ironic. I talked to some industry friends and, and, uh, and they, they aren't reeking as well as they could have been. Because huh. when, when this hit, everyone canceled their orders, like, like, uh, like all the companies. So the companies uh -huh. canceled manufacturing. And then a lot of manufacturing was also in China, which was delayed two months ahead. Right. So you have like this, this horrible thing. These guys, these guys all, they're going to have ulcers by the end of this, you know, they're for the very <laughs> first time, they're completely sold out of everything and they cannot get it built. <laughs> like, like, and, and, and they, they dropped the forecast, you know, the stuff that was supposed to land during the, the peak of this, I got nothing to do. I'm going to buy a wetsuit. Right. They, Cause they slashed that back when COVID hit, when everyone was uh -huh. sitting in their house, panicking, crying in the fetal position on the ground. <laughs> right. So crazy. So, so they're like, okay, slash all orders by 30%. And then all of a sudden things spike by a hundred percent. What do you do? Nothing you can do. <laughs> so other than sit there and get yelled at by people that are mad because everything's sold out. It's, oh it's pretty, my God. I know. I feel bad for some of my friends that are dealing with that. It's like, oh, dude, what a, what a, I mean, you, and, and also that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I could, we could be, you know, doing so good, but they can't, <laughs> they literally can't. Wow. Yeah. So what is it like, what is it like surfing out there right now? I mean, cause, cause I mean, at least where I'm on my beach break, I can still maneuver around, you know, and avoid people. How can you do that at pleasure point? You can't really, you can't. So you're I just mean, taking a risk every time you surf, basically? You're just No, kinda... you know, I mean, of course, I try to go to the spot that's a little bit harder to surf than, than I, you know, I might before. Is that the outer peak? Yeah, and I'll just okay. go there, and, and, you know, there's only 10 people out, and everyone's okay. pretty respectful, you know. Um, I just won't go to certain places that that, that, that respect isn't, isn't uh, re you know, followed, I guess you'd say. Where is that respect not followed? Like Steamers Lane? Um, most everywhere nowadays, but, <laughs> but, but as soon as the waves get big enough, it naturally kind of drifts down point breaks. So yeah. wherever the, yeah, like you said, the top of a point break will be generally bigger and faster as it peels it down. It'll be slower and not as good. And the slower areas where the kooks go. I <laughs> know uh, there's a lot of them right now, yeah. man. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of them, dude. Yeah, like I'm, I'm so like when I take my, it seems like every time I take my nice boards out, I fucking hit someone else. And every time I take a, and they're, and I'm not hit, like, they're all just fucking lingering in the impact zones. They're taking off in front of you, like just a bunch of fucking kooks. And, yeah. you know, and I've, God, I'm trying to control my, my temper out there. It's like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm supposed, I'm doing this to be therapeutic and to be healthy. And I'm like fucking angry most of the time, but um, yeah, it's crazy. And I can't imagine Santa Cruz, man, that must be a fucking gnarly shit show, dude. You're right. I mean, the Bay Area oh, yes. is just. Everyone just flocking there. I wonder, if, what, I wonder if like Ocean Beach and those places are slammed too. 
because OB yeah. at least kind of takes care of its own, you know? <laughs> like, yes, yes. No, I know. I'm curious as well. <laughs> it's so uh-huh. early. Um, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll get through this. I, dude, I know you you got a close encounter with a shark, huh? I want to hear well, that. Dude, so <laughs> that was a gnarly text. I'm like, what? Shark, dude? Yeah, dude. So I was going to, I was going to tell you, like, I was, I was going to say, you know, probably the one place in Santa Cruz you can surf without worrying about crowds is Manresa. But some months back, they had that fucking shark attack there. Some local shaper died. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did you sad. know that guy? Um, yeah, I seen him around. Super okay. positive, nice, nice person. I didn't know him at all, but um, super sad, young, married, sucks, dude. Crazy, dude. Yeah. So, so I was surfing. Um, yeah. So I'm sitting here in the Central Coast, and and I was surfing Cayucas, and this was about like two weeks ago now. No, yeah. week and a half. It'll be two weeks yeah. Saturday tomorrow. Two weeks tomorrow. Yeah. So we're, we're recording this on Friday, nine eleven. Um, and so, dude, I've been out there for almost two hours. So I was already fine. I mean, I. I would have been pissed if I saw it like the first 10 minutes, you know, cause I, I'm not, I wasn't right. staying out there. Right, um, right. So I'm just sitting out there and, and I, and I found a little isolated spot and that's a nice thing about Cayucas. I mean, it's a beach break, like all of the beach breaks, it's, you know, it's shitty, but at least you're out there doing it. And, um, and dude, yeah. And I, I, I was just looking out to the horizon and then all of a sudden just fucking whoosh, this thing just jumps out of the water. And usually when I see that, I think dolphin, right? That's the only, really the only animals I see breaching when I'm surfing, I can't think of anything else. Like, um, like seals don't breach really. They just kind of hang out and swim around. And, but, but the color was lighter, right? Like I was like, and it was thick as fuck, dude. That's what really freaked me out. Like I've I've seen a great white shark once in my life when for a brief while, the Monterey Bay Aquarium had one in captivity. Right. And it was like eight or nine feet and it was in that big tank. And it was, it was fascinating to see, but it wasn't like, huge you know it was like an eight foot dude this one was like the width the girth like the volume like was frightening dude like yeah. like i would Gnarly. i would guess this was it was probably it was i say it's a teenager it's probably like 10 feet yeah I mean, it's hard, hard to really fucking judge but it looked like it was 10 feet it was looked long wow. fucking gnarly. the width dude so it jumped and like landed on its side yeah and fucking huge splash and it was just it was just obvious dude i was like oh, oh my god I was Gosh, just like, oh my really? god, yeah, dude. And I remember, like, I, like in the early days of us doing this show, like we talk about great whites breaching in South Africa and how we're so lucky they don't do that here. Like for some reason, that's yeah. changed. What the fuck's going on? I don't know. Bre- you, you know, it's crazy too. Is is with surfline cameras, the rewinds, uh-huh. dude. I, I, so many of my buddies have texted me breaches. I'm like, uh-huh. what? <gasps> and they're like, cause yeah, there, there's one that went viral. It was like right outside of Pleasure Point. And it literally like boosts like a full on, it looked fake. It looked digitally created, <gasps> but you could go on the surf line and do the camera wine and you could see it. And, and now, now that, you know, that people have been doing those, dude, there's so many more. Um, I That's something we got to get to the bottom of is this whole shark thing. We, we got to get a, a guest to cover that one. Yeah, all these like an expert. Of, yeah, of seal population growing and that's newing it. I've heard other rumors of, of uh, global warming creating this this shark frenzy but dude dude the the fact is there's more fucking sharks <laughs> i swear to god dude M- maybe the experts will say there's not but dude that that stretch of beach has been pretty much closed i don't remember that as a kid like between capitola and manarisa it's like a shark sighting every other day like a that's big, crazy. No, that's maybe, fucking crazy, man. Is it more drones? But I, yeah, I want to know. I want to know. We got to We got to get. Okay. Nah, oh, so are you saying? Are you saying like we have the technology to actually see them more now? I mean, I mean, look, the the surfline camp thing. I get. I mean, we didn't have that until recently. 
Yeah, uh, I'm such a fucking nerd with that too, by the way, because like the Surfline cam goes right on the Pismo Beach Pier. Yeah, and and fuck, dude, I just I literally go back and just save so many of my videos. Surfing <laughs> You're so like, cheesy, I love it. So dude. cheesy, dude, it I is. Know, but it's like, how many other places can you do that? And the cam is down sometimes, so it's not like it's not that easy to do. You know, like yeah, I don't know God, if up here you can do it every day. You got to get the watch, dude. You're blowing it. <laughs> which watch? The watch, it, it's the Surfline. I forgot who they co-marketed it with, but um, yeah, you put it on and it it auto like saves your um, your camera winds. Fuck off, surf. dude. Are you serious, yeah, man? Hold yeah. on. I'm Googling your Surfline watch. Is that what I should Google? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't shit, remember. There it is. They, they co-branded it. Was, it. was it with Rip Curl? No, it's some big watch person. Who, who did it? Nixon? I don't Apple, know. Apple watches, dude. Oh, they did. Of course. They yes. Did. Well, I think, um, hold on. Surf, relive, share, capture your rides on yeah, video with Surfline sessions. Sessions. This that's it. Waterproof. Like it actually survives. I've every yeah, watch yeah. I've ever bought that claims they're fucking waterproof or they're ocean proof things deteriorate like within six months. Like I've never had one that actually lasted. That's digital. The, yeah. Yeah. No, I got, I got a pretty good one right now. I got a, a Nixon that's pretty friggin' nuts, durable, surfable. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. Oh, this but, um, is th three different watches, Apple, Rip Curl, or Garmin, or Jar, okay, however you pronounce that. Rad. They all make one. That's rad. So funny. It's a watch <laughs> that you can it. download the Surfline app on, and then, yeah, like yep. you said, that's yep. crazy, dude. Isn't that so crazy? crazy? That is crazy. That's nuts. That is really nuts, crazy. Dude. I know, man. It is nuts, dude. You know, you know I was thinking about it, because I started wondering, I'm like, why, why do surfers love having our, our photos taken and videos taken, right? And I was like, because we all do. I don't, I don't know of any yeah. surfer that's just like, nah, don't worry about it. Dude, if, if someone's like, I want to take pictures of you surfing, yes. you're fucking jumping on that, right? So yeah. but I was kind of thinking like, why? And then I, I came up with like two, I think I came up with a good answer. And, and I, I think the answer is that it takes a long ass fucking time to get good at surfing. It yes. is a craft that you really have to dedicate yourself. And I'm talking years of dedication to master it, right? Or at least be good enough for yes. you fucking catching waves and doing shit turning and stuff it takes years so so there i think part of it is just like i think we want to be rewarded with some sort of like evidence or acknowledgement of, of our work and, and that photo is it you know <laughs> i know it's a weird one uh yeah but it, but it's almost like uh in some situations it's almost like listening to your voice you're like oh my <laughs> gosh i sound like an idiot like you know like you're like oh god that turn looked terrible bro I know, what was that I know. And then sometimes you're like, wow, I crushed that. <laughs> no, yeah, just, exactly. The only but, downside with the, with the, the fucking uh, uh, Pismo Beach Pier cam is that it only really records good waves going left. And I'm just, I just don't look as good going left. I just don't have a, it's just not as easy, dude. I don't yeah, like no, fucking, not, some, no, some it's people not. it's easy. Some people it doesn't matter. But for me, dude, like popping up going right, it's just smooth, natural split second. I'm fucking taking off. With yeah. lefts, I'm like sometimes like after if it's especially if it's steep, I'm like grabbing the rail, I'm like just fucking trying to survive before I can get going. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's I mean you're the you're you're the pro. I mean, so your standards are very different than mine, but no, no, it's it's dude, it's uh, surfing is the strangest sport to me because I feel like I look at it at, at in a different perspective than mm -hmm. some surfers, but it's a it's a weird sport. You can't really practice to get better. It, you just get better, which is so yeah. weird. By you know, doing it. Not, yeah. Yeah. By doing it. It's not like a muscle. It's just a bizarre thing. I, I, I truly feel like, and it's as dorky as it sounds, but golf is so similar. It just, but you know, like if you talk to Kelly, he's like, he loves to be so analytical and it's, it's, a, it's a, what, what they call a, a, a body mind reaction sport. Uh -huh. It's a, it's a part of your brain that automatically reacts without you knowing it. 
So it's like, it's like your, your hand will adjust a good golfer. It'll, it'll adjust so minutely <laughs> one to a certain swing, right? Surfer is very similar as the wave changes their body adjusts to it. Super strange, but yeah. Yeah. You're, it's, it's almost like the, the two sports require you to like instinctively respond. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. I hear so. what you're saying. I, to, to me, the comparison between those two sports is the learning curve. They're both insanely fucking difficult to, to right, learn. And, right, right. But once you but, get it, you're, you're hooked. But then <laughs> some, know? dude, it's almost like the random guy that, that gets the hole in one. Like surfing can be like that too. You're like, wow. Like, you know, you'll teach someone and they, they're good at it really quick. Yeah. And like, oh shit, maybe that part of their brain fires better than some, you know? <laughs> maybe, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've always said with the, for surfing, if you ever want to, you're right. There's, there's no one workout that really develops the muscles you need. Like pull I do pull-ups. I think that does help. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing if you swam, that might help. Like if you're doing freestyle, uh, but that's it. You're right. It's just, there's not much else you can do. No, no, not, not a ton, but still love it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just to finish up on the shark story, dude. Yeah. So I saw this fucking thing and like, again, the width threw me off, dude. There wow. it was wide. It was like Crazy. fucking like you could, you could see that thing. If it wanted to eat you, it just could like, it just, Nuts. I mean, Nuts. they don't like us. Thank God. But yeah, yeah, I could see that happening, dude. And, and so I got spooked and, and I didn't, um, I didn't surf again until Tuesday. And then I went out to Pismo. Yeah. And, and I was okay. Pismo seems less sketchy. And then, um, yeah. and then the, a week later I went back out of Cayucas cause Saturday mornings here, at least until now, I think it might start calming down a little bit now, but so many tourists coming here, just like Santa Cruz, everyone wants to get away and do outdoor activities and shit, punish right. the locals in the process. Right. Um, but uh, I went back out and you know, I, I, this time I saw dolphins and I actually took that as a good sign. Um, yeah. But it's spooky, dude. It's spooky. It, it I mean, is spooky. Sharky, sharky. <laughs> I, I can't believe they were jumping out at the point. I always looked at that as like yeah. what, safe spaces, you know? Oh, yeah. No, dude. Google that one. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Uh, oh, shark breaches God. at Pleasure Point video. Like, it's like, it's oh, crazy, dude. Nutty. Nutty. That does sound nutty. I did find yeah. the Rip Curl search. They, they have like three videos, all starring McFanning. Yeah, no, um, that's uh, Morgan Sibley. Uh, Siblick, I believe. I, I forget. He's an he's a heavy Aussie, so I forget how how he pronounces it. But and this is the videos. Red Monkey Full Moon video. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. There's, There's like three of them so far, and they all have Mick. There's like Red Monkey Full Moon, Return to the Snake, and the one is Tyler Wright. No, then, no, it's and it's the one that says Search for Outer Inner Space, and that has Mick and Mace. I don't know who Mace is. Is Just, that the guy uh, you're talking go about? No, go Google uh, uh, Morgan Sibley. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah. So if you go to the search.ripcurl.com, you can find those videos. Yeah. Um, pretty good. Pretty good stuff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Well, you can follow Omar Echeverry on Twitter. It's at Omar Echeverry, his name. Um, is that the same handle for your Instagram account? Um, yes, it is. It is. Okay. But I, I, yeah. I got to get more on my social, right? Such a slacker. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I've been managing your Twitter account fine. All I do with your Twitter account is just retweet our show's podcast when we have a thank show. you thank you um, don't pull don't pull any girls i'm i'm uh i'm married no, no, no. So funny. I'm, what? no i'm not putting any effort into it like you have a whole whopping eight followers i think or something like that and you can follow the show on twitter and facebook at dropping and pod and then you can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. And you can follow me on Instagram at Dog Wild. Um, so, yeah. Anything else you want to add, dude? I, I uh, no, no. 
No, I miss it, dude. Um, no, great, great uh, chatting with you as always. Uh, yeah. Look, should we look. do the Pat O'Connell this this one, or should we say we, we've been talking for like fifty minutes? Like, should we no, do that for dude. another one? Let's put Pat on, dude. Let's okay, put him on. Okay. Right, Pato is the is. man. Pato, <laughs> I, I hope you're hanging in there with this crazy COVID stuff. And and hey, honestly, I, you know I know you're a grinder. You you work hard, so the sport of surfing appreciates it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this was, this was an interview from about five years ago. He came on our old radio show waxed in case you hear references to that. Um, so enjoy and O dog. It's always a pleasure doing this man. Miss you brother. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. See <laughs> yeah, <right>, man. You. <laughs> now, personally speaking, I think the year was 1993, 94. I, I don't know the exact age, but I was like 15, 16 years old. I'm visiting my cousin here in San Diego. I'm from Northern California uh, in the Bay area. And He's got this movie on his TV, and I got introduced to a lot of very bad things at, at that age, fun things, and doing bad things is fun. But anyway, so I see this movie, and the very next day, I'm like, I want to surf. And I get the feeling a lot of people are in the same boat as me. I mean, it was one of the most influential movies ever, especially when it comes to surfing. Then he went on to have a fantastic competitive career, starred in not just one of my favorite movies, but one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Drive Through. And it's a pleasure to finally have him on this program. He's, you know, one of my all-time favorite surfers and probably one of yours as well, Pat O'Connell. Pat, welcome to the program. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. That was a nice uh, introduction. Thanks, thank, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, sir. Where are you at this morning? I'm actually at home in Dana Point. I'm just uh, looking around, seeing uh, where to go surf. It looks like the, the buoys are out pretty substantially, so uh, that's a good thing. And probably put my board on the, and uh, grab my bike and go ride down to Trestles. Excellent. Well, nor- and normally, you know, I've, I've heard that Salt Creek is your is your main break, and that when you're there, you know, you're the king of that domain. Is that true? Is that where you normally at, or do you go on to? <laughs> you know what? In days past, I would have said more so, but uh, it's been uh, it's been a while, few uh, few months at work, and I've been uh, pretty much buckling down there. I've been getting out, you know, on the weekends and uh, if possible in the early mornings. But I, you know, it, it, <laughs> it hasn't been super great early in the morning. I found other things to do, so. Um, I'm sure some little Grom's probably out there saying that he's the king of the creek. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And then you just go out there and remind him who's boss, slap him around like you should. <laughs> but uh, Omar Echeverry's on the phone as well. O-Dog, uh, say hello, good morning, and uh, shoot away if you have any questions. Yeah, Pat, how are you doing, man? Omar, how are you, buddy? Good, good. Life's great, man. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I just jump into questions. I'm so curious, what, what is an everyday uh, for Pat O'Connell these days? Yeah, um, it sort of changes. You know, right now, um, John John Florence is actually staying uh, with us, and um, so trying to help him uh, on his road to recovery. Um, he's been really, really great. He's uh, got a team of people that he kind of sees every day. Um, and it's been interesting to watch his sort of dedication to, uh, you know, getting back into it. And um, so, you know, it's been kind of working with him a little bit and make sure that's on track. And then, I mean, really, my my day to day is just to kind of oversee and make sure that we're kind of on point with uh, you know our early marketing program, uh, specifically athletes, and and um, you know, so it's there's a lot of stuff going on. We have ten uh, men on the world tour. We have two on the uh, women's side. Um, wow. Yeah. So we have, and you know, we've got regional people that are helping, and you know, a kid named Brandon Gilmet who lives here in Huntington Beach. Um, He's kind of handling day-to-day with all of those guys, and he does like an unbelievable job. 
of making those guys feel super special. And then, you know, obviously Nat Young, Young making the final up there at uh, Bells. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just making sure everybody's on point and um, make sure they have a smile on their face. <laughs> and, and just to remind people, and we're joined by Pat O'Connell, uh, you're the head of marketing for Hurley, which – his, is arguably like the number one surf brand right now, and so and then um, among many heavy hitters that you have in your lineup is John John Florence, who's not just the future but the present of surfing. So he's staying with you right now while he's rehabbing and also training. Yeah, yeah. So it's um it's been fun, you know. It's 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 definitely uh, you know I pull a lot on past experiences, but uh, I am really learning a lot because uh, what these guys are going through are um, in some ways are similar, but. It is different. You know, there's more. I mean, look, there's a lot more money in the sport. There's a lot more attention uh, than there's ever been. And um, the guys are they're, they're truly athletes. And I think the transition from decades, you know, the 80s, guys kind of went at it one way. We took it, our, our generation, obviously with Kelly still doing it, but um, <laughs> took it a little bit more professionally. And then these guys have really, um, I mean, it's, it's an eat, sleep, and drink. Um, my gosh! How is uh, how is John John's uh, ankle coming? Yeah, it's good. It's super good. Like, uh, you know, I think there's a question whether he'll be able to compete in Brazil, um, but I think he's probably not too far off of actually surfing. Um, you know, I'd say probably three weeks. I don't know. Hard to say. I, I, the last, you know, I, I hear all the positive reports from the doctors and tell me how how fast he's progressing, but. Um, that's good. You know, That's good. Yeah. But I mean, you know, who better than Pat O'Connell to uh, help out <laughs> all these guys on tour? That must be so good for these guys. Um, Seriously. I think that's absolutely awesome. I, I was also wondering, too, are, are, you, uh, are you heading up the tour notes, all the videos? Is, is that a little bit of your doing? Yeah. So, so basically, obviously, with um, all these guys, we decided that we had to, you know, find a way. Every <clears throat> And so Peter King actually does that um, okay. for us. And, and it's. It's been exactly the, look, we have all these guys on tour. How do you bring some attention to these great stories? And, and the, whole, the whole hope was kind of getting a little bit of the stuff behind the scenes because obviously you watch a webcast or, you know, when they produce a television show, you see the sender, you see the guy, he can surf well. Mm-hmm. But like, how did he get there? What did he do? What was his day-to-day? And I think right. those are the stories we're trying to focus in on. Early in your career, and you were talking about the 80s, that's when you kind of got your, you know, you're getting your name out there, you started competing. But then, like, your, your huge breakthrough, without question, is a role that, sh- that even to this day is, is still talked about. It's, and the movie is a timeless classic. We're talking about The Endless Summer 2. And you're the star of this film. I mean, this was a, a sequel to a cult classic. A, 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 I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I believe, like, the original, and if not both the movies are in the Smithsonian, uh, just for being part of the American Film Institute. How did you how did you get this role? Like, I mean, explain the whole story that led to you becoming the star of the Endless Summer too. Yeah, yeah, cool. Thanks. It was um, it was pretty random actually. Um, just as you would, if you can imagine, back in that day, Bruce had gone with his group and said, you know, they wanted to make this movie, and they had gone in the magazines and basically got a hit list, mm-hmm. um, and they found the top sort of ten names and started kind of going through them. Um, and I was on those lists, and then they had at the same time. Uh, a real good friend of mine uh, who surfs out at Salt Creek, a guy named Gary DePella, um, was great friends with Bruce and also one of the attorneys working on putting together documents to make the movie. Well, you know, as time would have it, like I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't. There was no cell phones back then right. anyways. I didn't have an answer machine. <laughs> um, getting a hold of me was close to impossible. And 
you know, as uh, friends would do, they'd call and maybe, you know, tell, say that they were somewhere that they weren't. And so when Bruce actually finally did get a hold of me, I hung up on him and I told him there's no way. Like, I thought he was like, I was like, I thought it was a friend taking, you know, taking a piss out of me. So right. um, after repeated attempts, I finally, you know, believed it was him and I drove up and met with him uh, at Hollister Ranch. And um, it just went from there. It went really quick. And we were going to Costa Rica. And um, I don't think it ever really sunk in. And so I literally was at Costa Rica with the film crew and realized, like, Holy cow! This is like a serious operation. There. And and so and real quick, so the so the in your opinion, like going going back real quick, you said they they compiled the list of ten surfers that they wanted to narrow down. Like what what do you think put you on that list? Like what was their criteria? Do you think? Well, I was I was young, and I was okay. like you know I think they wanted uh, uh you know they wanted someone that could be on camera, but they also wanted someone who was at that time you know was like a young up and coming surfer. Right. Um, was able to take the time, and you know, I know Kelly was. Uh, it was funny because Kelly had said, "Hey, I, I'm I got this job to do the in the summer," and I had just met with Bruce, and I was like, uh, Kurt, "You know, great, Kelly's going to take <laughs> right. <laughs> Kelly's going to take this job," you know, and <laughs> and um, you know, and how oblivious I was to the whole thing was funny. But two weeks later, we had to drive up to there was a contest at Pismo Beach, and uh, my car was uh, Shane Dorian, Ross Williams, and Todd Chester. And we and Bruce called. He goes, "Hey, would you mind stopping by? We want to do a little test." I said, "Great." So obviously, those other three names were on the list, mm-hmm. and I'm so stupid that I brought my competition. <laughs> and all those guys are good, if not better than I do. And I'm like, and I left that place kind of like scratching my head. I'm like, "Am I the dumbest person?" <laughs> I just I just gave away my my dream job. Um, but yeah, it was um. I think they just wanted someone who, A, had the time, wasn't going to be distracted by competing and stuff. And, you know, um, at that time, it was right when the ASP broke from having trials mm-hmm. um, and having it top 44. And I had the, the back half of the tour that year. That was the first year Kelly qualified. I think Kelly uh, finished in the last spot, like 44th. I think it was 1992. Right. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and so that was... You know, it was a whole new world, and I either jump on the tour with everyone else or have this amazing opportunity. And um, I'm really lucky I got it because I wasn't ready to go on tour. I was, still felt I was probably a few years too young. And, um, you know, I do use that when I talk to kids about what they want to do. And, you know, you look right now, and the world tour is definitely very young. But um, typically I think the age of qualifying is 22 to 23. And, um you know, I, when kids are kind of questioning, it's like, you have such a long time to do this thing. Um, it's funny, I go back to those experiences and realize that you don't need to rush. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and, and if anyone can ex- advise them, it'd be you. Uh, O-Dog's had a question real quick, though. Uh, going back, uh, Hollister Ranch, is that where, like, like is, that the, is that where Bruce Brown lives? Is that why you guys met there, the, the mythical <laughs> Hollister Ranch? Like, how'd you yeah, guys end yeah. up there? He, he, lives, he, he lives on the way up there. He doesn't live on the ranch, but he has access to the ranch. Oh, um, so, and, you know, I've been up there a handful of times and never had great ways, but it was just, it makes, you realize that's what California was and, you know, would still be like um, outside of the population explosion. You're right. Um, wow. Yeah. But, but I've never that's had great. great waves there and I hear amazing things. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, my question is, okay, what was it like working with uh, Wingnut? Um, I mean, of course, he's, he's, a, he's actually a neighbor of mine now. 
Um, yeah. And the guy is so hilarious. I mean, the guy is probably the most animated, you know, personality I've ever met in my life. Yep. Well, and, and that's exactly it is that's, I think he, he made it easy for me um, because he is so outgoing. Um, I, I, you know, I typically am okay in one-on-one settings. As it gets larger, I typically shy away. Right. And, um, right. It was it was a really good partnership because he could kind of tell, like, okay, he's overwhelmed, he's, you know, whatever. And um, there's a funny joke. Uh, halfway through South Africa, I used to, you know, travel with these huge headphones in, a, a, like, a disc player. And uh, Dana Brown, Bruce's son, says to me one day, he's like, I've got to listen to What are you listening to? And this is, you know, halfway through the Africa trip. And uh, my batteries had run out, so I didn't have anything on, but I had my headphones on. <laughs> and I was like, I was so afraid to let him in on my secret. And uh, because we do drives, I mean, we do six to eight hours of driving a day um, to go do things. Um, and uh, he realized, and, and he kind of smiled, and, and he goes, okay, it's our secret. I won't tell anyone. I was like, oh. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, it, just, it was, um, you know, to be on and, and be energetic every day. You give a lot, you know, um, like any, any other man, <laughs> we like to hibernate. And uh, there isn't a lot of hibernation time on those trips. It's, you know, one time we were in Paris, it was crazy. It's, there's a scene, I don't know if it ever made a movie, but I'm driving this Duchevaux car through the city streets in Paris. And they say, hey, we want to get a shot of you guys on the freeway. And mind you, there's finding directions and all these things. There's no iPhones with maps and whatever. Right. So yeah, here I yeah. yeah it, it, it's crazy. So we're driving through, and we're on a freeway, and I'm, I've got a walkie-talkie, and I know they're on a bridge ahead of me. And they go, okay, now we want you to stop in the middle of the freeway, pull out a map, and pretend that you're lost. Now, this isn't a Hollywood film that <laughs> everybody knows they're in the movies. Like, this is literally French traffic. People are trying to get to and from work. And, and I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? And so sure enough, we pull out the car, and Wingnut's got his longboard in the car. We've got the map out on the front of the car in rush hour traffic. Oh my gosh! I bet people are yelling at you so loud. Oh, I was so happy I didn't speak French. I, 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 I have an idea of what they're saying. Right, totally. Oh my uh, god! So classical. I thought the chemistry was great between you. It was. Guys. And you know, and it's funny. I remember it so vividly when you decided to do the movie because you're just coming out of uh, the NSSA um, and you know jumping into that tour and. I, well, I remember everyone talking about it, and you know, when we were kids, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, Pat O'Connell's going to make this Hollywood movie." Um, yeah. And then when we heard his wingnut and the, the whole chemistry, everything, it's an awesome movie. It's great. Yeah. So- Absolutely, absolutely, and and we're talking about Endless Summer Two, and the star of that movie, Pat O'Connell, is here. Yeah, and and in a lot of ways, Bruce Brown's genius in both those movies was was picking the two perfect surfers. I mean, you're like you're a guy that everyone rooted for. You're a guy that made us laugh, and the fact that it was a documentary is what kind of really was most fascinating about all of it. Uh, how like like was filming the movie similar to what you might see in reality TV today, where some of the scenes might have been staged? Or was everything really just impromptu and just completely on the fly? Um, you know, if I was to compare doing drive-through and that, right? Um, that was uh, endless. One was way more staged, and it had to be because uh, we're using film. And so every time you hit the button, let's say it's a hundred bucks just to turn turn <laughs> right. that camera on. So you know, which 
which, I mean, it could have been more, but that was back then, you know. Um, so shooting film is expensive. In this day and age now with digital, um, you know, red cameras and all that stuff, I mean, it can be way more impromptu. Um, there are things that you obviously do want to, from a cinematic point of view that you want to set up, but you, you're able to um, let life happen a little bit more and not worry about the cost of burning film. Um, so we definitely had a plan. Right. When we'd go places, that's not to say we were so scripted that we couldn't do things, um, but we really did have to map it out a little bit because we just knew that, okay, every time you hit that button, it's an expensive uh, uh, it's an expensive reel, and um, so so it's you know I drive through. I mean the cameras were going basically all day, right. and it was it was only it was only uh, an issue to the guy that had to sit through, you know nine hundred hours of you know Donovan farting or something. <laughs> um, actually, no, that was our issue. I'm sorry, that wasn't their issue. That was ours. I thought. <laughs> but it was just so much. It's it's a lot more free flowing, uh, just for the and. And, you, and the, you know, cameras, too, the, these film cameras. I mean, uh, Don McCoy, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Don King and Jack McCoy and, uh, and Dan Merkel were the, the camera guys. Wow. Uh, wow, that's cool. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and um, these, these water houses we had were just, I mean, they were huge because they were carrying 35-millimeter cameras. And so uh, any shot that they did get was pretty painstakingly hard in the surf. Um, you I know, can imagine. And, and, uh, again, with these cameras that we have now today, I mean, you can hold them in the palm of your hand. I mean, look at the GoPros. It's incredible. Right? Um, right. Just, it just allows, it's, it's so much easier. That's crazy. We're joined by Pat O'Connell here on Wax. And, you know, you're speaking of drive through which is a, uh, and again, like, it's crazy. Like, you've done, you did the Hollywood thing. Endless Summer 2, which was, you know, in most people's opinion, especially surfers, the greatest, like, surf film ever, or at least paired with number one, you know? And then yeah. and then you did the drive through series, which was, uh, like, Browning did the filming and, I think, directing, and, and it was and the core of the movie was you, Donovan Frankenrider, Benji Weatherly, and then you had, like, a huge crew that came on for some, if not all, the you know, other episodes. We just had uh, Kalani Robb on the, on the show last week. Now, and drive through in for me, was, like, one of the very few reasons I would watch Fuel. Every time yeah. it was on, it'd be on like at midnight sometimes. Sometimes it was on a prime time. And I'd just be glued, and I started DVRing these things. And I've seen pretty much every every episode. I had to watch the California series, the first season, like online, I think. But yep, do, you, yep. do you miss it? Like, it was such an entertaining... In my opinion, it was like what a surf show film should be. Like, do you miss doing that? Because it looked like you guys had a lot of fun. I totally miss it. I miss it now, especially because, um, you know, you have to create reasons. I mean... Uh, work is busy and, and we have a lot of responsibility and we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. But we're also, you know, you have to create reasons to break away and have a, and see different things. Otherwise, it can be very easy to get stuck in uh, a little pattern <laughs> right. and just be at work all the time. So, yeah, I do miss it. I will say, going into the last couple, um, I felt that it was probably time that I stepped aside. Um, <laughs> only because, you know, I'm very aware of, like, uh, new kids coming up and new opp opportunities for those kids. So I, I kind of always felt like, okay, here's this guy who's got a job, he's got other things to do, you know, and it's a great opportunity for someone to be known. So I kind of always felt like, okay, you know, unless we did a real big reunion thing, it was probably my last time anyways. And I, I, th I thought it would have been good for the show to find like an Alex Gray that would have taken my play or someone like that that would have um, – I guess, like, been a little bit uh, just more, I guess, young, right. you know, and um, 
because the thing is, you can hang on to these things and do them forever, and uh, I, not, not that that's a bad thing. No, and there's no, and I don't, under, and I guess I don't understand this need to go younger. I mean, it's not like you're old for starters, and you guys had a good thing going. I mean, I, I, personally, yeah. as a viewer, I didn't get tired of you guys. So, you yeah, know, if, cool, if you thanks. if you did more, I think a lot of people would actually welcome it and, and be excited. But um, I also get yeah. what you're, I get where you're saying from too. Where we yeah. come from, too. No, it, it's funny. Is um, it's we we I've gone in and, and met with uh, the Fuel TV guys quite a few times. A guy, a good friend, uh, Michael Bloom, has taken that over. I knew my I met Michael when he worked at MTV uh, when we did the uh, in the summer, and he was actually we did a thing with MTV um, back then, and he was working. He's came, he was the one who came up with Beach MTV. <laughs> he wanted you know dated like he's really that uh, and a really good guy, and he's there and he. Um, has been working, you know, hey, we can try to do this, this, and this. And I just think the network is finally making some money with the MMA stuff. So um, where I, I think that they, they built something that was cool but probably financially wasn't making a whole lot of sense. Well, in my in my humble opinion, I, I think drive through is one of the things that was carrying that, that network, at least on the surfing side of things, because I don't think it's a coincidence that right when your show ended, they, 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 they ditched it. They went to MMA. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird transition. Totally. We're joined by Pat O'Connell uh, here on Wax. Oda, I got a question? Yeah, I do. So, um, you know, okay, we're talking about traveling, of course, Pat, and one of the best things about being a surfer and a professional surfer, are you still traveling a lot? Did you get over to Bells and over to um, the first part of the leg? Are you going to go to the second part and all that good stuff? You know, um, yeah, I, I, I still get to travel quite a bit, as you can imagine, Omar. It's like, I've got, I, I just, I sit there and look at all the, like, basically my responsibility has changed. So it's, you know, kind of looking after a bunch of things. And so um, when I was there, I, I did go to the Gold Coast. I was there for um, probably almost three weeks. Wow. Um, and wow. Then, yeah, it was, it was really, it was unbelievable. Minus the fact that it rained almost every day. Um, uh, but, but, uh, but we did get some waves and then. Um, you know, I came home just to touch early before the real good waves came because, you know, John had hurt himself in the express concession. So, um, you know, I brought him back and, uh, you know, helped him with get on the road to recovery. So, um, but, but as I look at the year, there's going to be, um, our brand, we're going to approach kind of these events and, and moments kind of like the like grand slams. And so we're picking moments that we're going to, you know, especially with our athlete roster now that we want to show up and, you know, have a, you know, those Olympic moments. Right. And so uh, I'll definitely be on hand for those, but probably staying back most of the time. Uh, I'm actually going to Uruguay on Thursday and then to Buenos Aires for a couple of days. There's wow. A, our distributor down there is doing an event, and so uh, I'm going to go hang out and ride a couple of ways with those guys. So um, it'll be nice to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet. And, and uh, when you're on the road, are you, are you getting in the water a bunch? Yeah, I'm going to surf a lot there. I, I I kind of need it. I, I went to the doctor yesterday. I've had this cough for like a, a month, and I jumped on the on the scale, and uh, <laughs> I realized that I need to go surfing again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, dude. And I, I, got, I got one more question for you. Of course, uh, you know, with uh, running the Hurley team right now, um, and me being from Santa Cruz, I got asked the question, um, what what did you think of uh, Nat Young's performance? It was so insane, and um you know he's he's such a he's such a favorite um yeah. you know maybe not totally in the big media's eyes because they obviously have their darlings in kelly parker or whoever you know john john dane um 
but anybody who knows Matt or is a fan of surfing um, just absolutely thinks he's like the greatest thing in the world. And uh, I can't say I was surprised that he did so well. Um, he was actually on my fantasy surfer team. So, um, nice. So I, I, I did choose him, um, so I can't say I'm too surprised. But anybody that goes to an event and competing at that high of a level um, and he's never been to that place, to yeah. do so well is, uh, is, is a testament to uh, how great he is. And I, I thought it was cool. I read the surfing piece uh, last night that Nick Carroll had called out that, hey, this is a place that he's going to do really well. Mm. Um, he said that right after the Snapper Rocks on his little tool review. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's an obvious thing that Matt's going to get big results uh, to most people because they're going to look at only the a few names. But when you kind of dig into it and you actually watch how solid he competes and how smart he is and tenacious, um, yeah. he's going to have an amazing career. Absolutely. we got to get Nat on the show here soon. And we're joined by Pat O'Connell uh, here on Waxed. Uh, and going and by the way, Nad Young will be a media darling in my opinion. He's so new on the scene that I mean he's he's going to get there soon. I mean he fits the yep. profile. But um, going back real quick in your career, you once you finished filming all the you know the endless summer two, and then you got your your competitive career back on track. You got on the ASP World Tour. You competed for I think close to ten years, and then you when you retired, I believe this like in two thousand one somewhere around there. I might not have the date exactly correct, but. It was it was almost like this amazingly seamless transition from retiring from the from the world tour. You still were like this huge name. I mean, you are now, but I mean, you still. I mean, like you requalified. You could have kept doing this. Then you went right into this head of marketing position with Hurley. Um, yeah. And you're doing this today, like so. Obviously, you love the job. What does the job entail? Like, what do you do? Like, like what is the the day to day operation as a head of marketing for this huge brand like Hurley? You know what? We my my job is pretty simple. I work with Bob Hurley. Uh, Evan Slater, um, mm. and so so, you know, and some other great people around, whatever. But you know, it's we're we're a pretty focused and simple bunch. You know, we love surfing. We're fans of the sport, um, and and it really gets to a place where, um, you know, if, if I go back, I'll give you a couple examples. So when we, um, I, I left doing the tour, and I was tired. I was, I, if you can believe this, I kept going to these places and go, and you know. If walking down the path at Bells, the little thing, doesn't yeah. get your heart bumping, you realize you're probably not doing the right thing. But I kind of got to that place. Wow. So literally going into the year, I had told uh, Bob and, and uh, Jeff Hurley at the time, said, hey, guys, this, this might be it for me. Um, is there something else I can do? I feel like I have other things that I want to do. I just I don't want to be lost at tour, and I don't want to keep doing this thing when um, I'm, I don't know if I'm really that into it. So. That's how that started. And so basically my, my plan was building a strategy to make, at least within the, the surf circle, is probably this really great, very surf-oriented feeling brand. Um, at the same time, we were aligning with a, a new board short proposition and making the greatest board shorts and really owning that part of the market, and that's the Phantom board short. Um, so, and we were also kind of looking at basically setting up home base. And Bob, Bob's from Huntington Beach, so, okay, what a better place than Surf City, you know, with all the, the retail and everything. It's like, okay, well, that all sort of lines up and makes sense. And so it was basically uh, my job and our job to kind of create opportunities for us to tell our brand story. And so that came out in Hurley Pro, which um, was the boost. We acquired that from, from Boost. 
Um, so we had a performance event in California, and then you kind of went up the road uh, a month or so earlier with the U.S. Open, which, you know, also came to us through the IMG relationship. And so then it was like, okay, how do we make this bigger and better? How do we bring, you know, if, if you remember, the economy was so so down. Yeah. Um, how do we bring the best surfers back to Huntington Beach and try to give a shot, you know, in the arm for uh, the industry? And so it was our task to kind of create something. So we created an all-star event. Um, and it, it was just a... It was just basically an excuse to get Kelly and, and Dan and Parco and uh, Taj and, you know, John John and whoever it may be, Mick Fanning, all to the U.S. Open again and compete in front of all the masses. And um, that was the goal, and it was absolutely uh, – it totally worked. I mean, it was great. It, it felt like, you know, you knew that when you went to Huntington Beach, it was, uh, that was going to happen. And so, you know, now it's we, – we have a great athlete – roster and we're trying mm-hmm. to learn how to tell their stories better and be a better brand to so that they feel like they're getting you know some publicity they're helping with product um and then us just being the leaders in the sport and you know not stopping just driving the sport through i work you know i, I do a lot of work with asp and um you know i'm hoping to you know as this new tour is coming on board uh you know, I, I've, I've been on the board for the last five years, so, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to help kind of push and direct, and whenever they have a question, I mean, they're much smarter guys than I am. Well, they're but, smart in that they're listening to you, in my opinion. That's, that's, that's yeah, a really good—I yeah. didn't realize you are on the board for the last five years. And, and, I, and I really hope—and um, personally, I'm really nitpicking when it comes to the webcast commentators, and I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I really hope you're in that booth more often because when there's only, you know what I'm saying? Like you're really good at it, dude. Like when you're in there, everyone is like happy. You know, there's, there's little to no criticism. You know what I'm saying? We're like anyone else outside of like yourself, Shane Dorian, there's only like a handful of guys that when they're in that broad, that broadcast booth, people are just stoked. They're like, all right, now we got the webcast crew. Let's watch the surfing. Otherwise, yeah, so, cool. yeah. you know what I'm saying? But um, anyways, Pat, we've taken so much of your time this morning. I know you got to go surf and do a million other things. You're running one of the biggest brands in the world. Dude, thank you so much, man. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the program. Is there anything you want to promote before we let you go? No, I mean, I just, uh, I'm stoked to be here, guys. Thank you very much. I, I, it's, it's an honor to, uh, to be able to do this. Oh, man, and, thank you. Um, I like talk radio, and so uh, <laughs> it's fun to talk. And uh, Omar, I miss you, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Sounds like you, you are. <laughs> you too, man. No, it's great chatting with you, and I'll, I'll you know, for sure see you around, man. Thank you so awesome. much. And, and have a wonderful. Yep. And oh uh, yeah, no, yeah. And we're we're not that far from you. If you ever want to just come in here and host, dude, doors open. Anytime you want to come in, dude, it's all you. If you love talk radio, this the, the chair is always available for you, brother. And thank you so much again, dude. Thank you. Anytime, boys. Have a wonderful Saturday. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.